All right, folks, here we go. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host. Uh, grateful to be here and report for duty this Tuesday afternoon. All right. All right. All right. Yes, my email, sam at samandashlaw.com. Sam at samandashlaw.com. That's where you can reach me. I do check my email here periodically throughout the program. I will respond in real time uh, with uh, to your questions, so comments, concerns, uh, as long as it's on topic and going with the flow of the program. Now, uh, big news today. This is uh, this to me. Obviously, I'm fascinated by it's not just as a lawyer, but somebody following closely the cases that have been going through the courts, convictions being handed down to folks that showed up at the Capitol on January 6th, uh, 2021. And you know, of course, some of these people have been handed significant convictions. Well, the Supreme Court today uh, apparently uh, has taken up the challenges of three convicts, Joseph Fisher, Edward Lang, and Garrett Miller. These are uh, three people who were convicted uh, of a, a charge. Basically, it's part of the corrupt blocking and influencing slowing an official action. 18 U.S.C. 1512. This is a law, and I've mentioned this before. This is a law that was originally put on the books as part of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. Its sole purpose was to protect, uh, I guess, people from destroying and companies from destroying evidence right? Had nothing to do with a public political protest or even a fight. The law was passed in 2002 as a result of the Enron incident, right? Remember the Enron scandal? And part of the problem with Enron was that, of course, those guys all uh, not just engaged in, 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 you know, corrupt practices at the company, but then records were destroyed, and that is why this particular bill made its way through Congress, was signed into law, and it, and it was designed to prevent people like uh, Weasley accountants at a big company from destroying records that would perhaps implicate them in criminal activity. Nothing to do with ordinary Americans going and protesting their government. Now, Joseph Fisher, Edward Lang, Garrett Miller, those are names that you may not know. You may not know who those people are. That's fine. But you do know the name Donald Trump. And you see Trump in the case, remember he's got facing a number of cases, four major cases, right? And, and the, 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 one of the big ones, I, I've always said the one that kind of worries me the most is the one that is going on in Washington, D.C. Because, of course, the D.C. juries that jurisdiction is very hostile to Trump or to anybody affiliated with the MAGA movement, which is why a number of these folks have been handed really absurd prison sentences even before they were convicted. They were held in pretrial detention, oftentimes for, for weeks and months at a time in, in solitary confinement. I mean, the, the treatment that these prisoners, these Americans received, frankly, was abominable. Now there is grounds because the convictions are in place. There's a, there's a controversy, right? There is an issue here with the law. So the matter can be heard by the Supreme Court. Typically, the Supreme Court can't just step in on a case. There has to be a constitutional question, 
and an injury that exists in order for the Supreme Court to get involved and take this up. So the appeal has moved up to the Supreme Court and it matters because this is precisely this same law that is being used to target Trump in the DC case. They're charging Trump with the same, essentially with the same same facts and the same law as they did all of these other J6 uh, prisoners. And if the Supreme Court comes along and invalidates this and throws it out, uh, the you know the the thinking here among legal scholars, and I'm not a legal scholar, but I'm a practicing lawyer. I'm telling you, it'll be a major problem for them because if the Supreme Court comes back and says no for Fisher, Lang, and Miller, these three appellants that are appealing their sentence to the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court comes in and says, "Hey, the the way that you applied this." particular U.S. Code section is erroneous. That 1512c2 um, it does not, it, it is related to records and, and, and not to political protest. I think it would uh, perhaps gut uh, significantly the case against Trump. Trump's lawyers, by the way, are saying they're making precisely this argument. They're saying that the law was enacted as part of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. It was in response to the Enron scandal and to close a federal loophole in criminal law on evidence tampering. This was their exact quote. As part of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, Congress passed 1512c2. This was done because of the exposure of Enron's massive accounting fraud and revelations that the company's outside auditor, Arthur Anderson, had systematically destroyed potentially incriminating documents. Well, that's, you know, that makes sense. Now, Fisher's lawyers, uh, one of the convicts, um, J6 prisoners, was um, making a similar argument. They're saying it's a major flaw that there's no records here, right? There There were no records that were destroyed. These were political protesters that showed up at the Capitol. So... You know, I, I mean, I think that this is, I, I, this was long overdue, right? But now that some of these convictions have worked their way through the Court of Appeals, up or down, I think uh, they've been mostly turned down. But I, I, the fact that the Supreme Court is taking the case, if the Supreme Court didn't take the case, generally thinking, right, would be the, the idea is that there's nothing there. But the Supreme Court typically will hear cases where they feel that there is a constitutional question that they need to weigh in on you know many times the supreme court just says hey uh we're not gonna we're not gonna hear this we're done we're not gonna listen to this so i'm just telling you i think this is this is a this is an interesting development and i have said from the beginning and i've been consistent on this these cases against trump by no means are a slam dunk you'll hear a lot of talking heads on tv and elsewhere Uh, commentate on the fact that just wait till Trump gets convicted of these charges. Trump's going to go down. He's got these indictments, however many individual charges against him. But the fact of the matter is, folks, these are just allegations. They have to be proven. And the charges against Trump have to be sustained in a court of law. And they are, in some cases, flawed as a matter of law. And that is what the Supreme Court's going to look at here. And no doubt, no doubt, friends, 
my sense is that they're looking at this quickly because they understand they got a problem with 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 the case that's moving against Trump. I think that's uh, that's motivating them in part to um, to expedite this this review. So um, so anyway, this is this is this is a big deal. I need you to be aware of it. So we will follow the story, of course, and um, and notify you as uh, as developments come down. Um, I, 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 I think, you know, I'm telling you, Jack Smith has overcharged Trump on several occasions in 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 both in both the D.C. case and also the documents case. Don't forget about that one. Although I, I always say the, the documents case is down in Miami. It's a it's a more friendly venue. Uh, but D.C., I mean, they could they could charge Trump with anything in D.C. and a jury in in, in Washington is going to convict him uh, just, you know, on, on the very basis that it's Trump. They hate him there because, of course, Trump himself is an existential threat to the inner establishment. All right. Speaking of the establishment, you see this John Kerry bit. I'm going to take a break. John Kerry, once again, is out there jetting around talking about climate change. And 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 um, he is not backing down on any of this. So he was out there pontificating about coal plants when something happened. I'll play it for you here. Uh, you, you, you'll be able to hear it. Uh, that's the clue I'm going to give you. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840. KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right Show. I'll be back in a moment. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here, your host, better known as Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian. Yes, that's me. Now, I, um, (laughs) this guy, this guy could have been president. John Kerry, that's right. He could have been president in another parallel universe. Then he ends up becoming a, rather pathetic Secretary of State. Now he's running around the world representing, I guess, Team Biden uh, on matters of climate. He's the climate czar. And his uh, most recent laughable misadventure is uh, in attending the United Nations 28th Climate Change Conference. Now, where is it held? It's in Dubai. So all these... Uh, crisis mongers who are claiming that the world is heating up, cooling down, depending on you know the day of the week that they're uh, complaining. Uh, so it, they're all flying in on big corporate jets, government planes. They've all flown into Dubai, including Kamala Harris, who flew on uh, Air Force Two, which is a, uh, a modified 757. Lots and lots of emissions out of that airplane just to move one completely useless politician from one end of the globe to the other. Uh, Kerry flew in on his own jet, and he gets up there and he begins pontificating at this Q&A about the dangers of coal plants, and he says something to the effect of basically he is the most... Uh, he, he's, he's getting more militant about the subject of emissions because, of course, the 
exigency, the, the crisis of the environment imploding is getting worse and greater. So here is how it starts. Now, I want you to listen for this because at some point, by the way, you all remember why John Kerry didn't win re-election in 2004. I didn't win the election in 2004. Uh, Remember this, right? He was running against George Bush, who was vying for a second term, George W. Bush. And Kerry, uh, you know, was putting up a fight. Bush wasn't that popular, right? The war was dragging on uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, lots of of problems there. Uh, Public opinion certainly shifted against Bush. It is an election Bush could have lost. But if you'll recall, uh, the Bush team, probably led by some of his, well, I don't know who was behind it, Robbie. My guess is, well, regardless, they put out the swift boat veterans for truth, right? These are people that disputed uh, some of Kerry's uh, alleged heroism uh, in Vietnam. So, so it was it just, they came out, swift boat veterans for truth, and he got swift boated. That's where the term comes from. Well, as he's delivering, Kerry, as he's delivering these remarks yesterday in Dubai, complaining about the perils of carbon uh, emissions in the, in the, in the atmosphere, um, he gets swift boated by his dinner that he'd had earlier this evening and lets out an emission of his own. I want you to listen for this. If you're in the car, you might need to turn up the volume a little. You do not want to miss the um, the full sound of John Kerry's flatulence. Listen closely. You know, the measure here is, is really uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. There and, was, and the reality is... Did that, you hear it? Um, the climate are people crisis... Clapping, and the, are people clapping for the fart or for what he said? Here's, here it is. Here's the exact moment Carrie Toots. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And, and the, That's what's killing people, John. Yeah. I know you go to Dubai and those lentils are irresistible. Um, none of this, the reason we are all talking about John Kerry farting, can I be serious here for a moment? Because there's actually a, there's a, there's an analysis here that can, that can be had, that could be made. We're fascinated. This is the only entertaining thing about anything that this guy ever says or does. He is the most milk toast, stupid, um, uh, predictable, um, uninquisitive human being, right? He's made an entire livelihood off of basically regurgitating what now is debunked science. That's John Kerry. So it's no surprise that in giving a speech about nothing that is literally filled uh, with hot air, uh, that his other orifice steals the show, if, you, if you'll allow me, if you'll permit me the metaphor. That's what this is all about. This, nobody cares. These climate conferences, this, this agenda, this only fuels 
the people that are making money off it, right? Kerry's making a, a killing off of it. Remember Al Gore? Al Gore. Here, there's another guy that could have become president. Um, by the way, an election that was stolen, that was back when Democrats were allowed uh, to, uh, to question democracy. So Al Gore in the year 2000, remember he was, that was his shtick. So he didn't become president. He ended up making tens of millions of dollars traveling around the world, you know, crying that the sky was falling. And that was that. I mean, I was in school at the time, it was 2000, so that was, uh, well, I was in college. But I remember, go back even 10 years before that, go back to, you know, 1990. And I would have been in uh, a late, uh, late elementary school. No, no, 19, yeah, 1990, late elementary school going into junior high. I remember junior high. I remember talking about deforestation, talking about the rainforest, those evil companies, those corporations that were going in and killing the rainforest and how the earth was going to be so hot that by the time I was 22 years old, it, it would be unbearable. It would be like, I don't know, it would, it would be like operating the, um, <laughs> I don't know, it would be hotter than Las Vegas on a, on a midsummer's day. And we were told this, and I remember kids in my class, by the way, I remember kids who didn't have the benefit of reasonable parents like I did, at home, I remember kids going and crying about it, breaking down after class. We're all going to die. That was the result of all of this insanity. And these people are still out there peddling this nonsense, peddling this total gibberish. Every prediction, you don't have to be a scientist to understand any of this. Every prediction these bozos have ever made has proven false. Every single one of them. That's the comeback. When somebody tells you, oh, but Sam, you know, there's real science behind this. Give me one prediction that these a-holes have ever made that has, has come to pass, that has materialized. They keep moving the needle. It was global warming. Now it's climate change because, of course, temperatures went down. It was all going to be over by the time, you know, 2022. 20, uh, excuse me, 2001, 2002 rolled around. It was all, now it's all supposed to be over in 2035. I mean, th these people have been discredited at every turn and yet they continue to profit off of it. It is a joke and it's being hosted in the middle of a desert that is oil rich countries, of course, are thriving off the sale of petroleum. And I'm convinced, by the way, that in and of itself tells you everything you need to know about it because, you know, Dubai and the Saudis, everybody sponsoring events that convince Westerners to primarily focus on not making their own fossil fuels, therefore not creating competition for these sheiks out there, these, these you know, oil-producing nations, OPEC nations. Uh, I, I think that is, that is great. Let's convince the idiot leftists in the West not to produce their own gas and then we can really charge whatever we want. And the irony is, and you'll never hear this admitted by anyone at the Biden administration, the irony is, well, actually you do. They've actually, a couple of them have said this on the record. They say, we, 
We want gas prices to be high so people use less gas so we can save the world. Absolute crazy stuff. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Be back in just a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Friends, there is, and I say this as a car guy, I love cars. And um, I also say this as somebody who is uh, more of an internal combustion engine kind of person. Like if it uh, doesn't at least have eight cylinders, uh, I'm not that interested. So uh, with all that said, the Cybertruck, the Tesla vehicle that's uh, just now been launched, customers, I think, are taking some of their first deliveries. You're, you're, you're seeing a, uh, a lot of videos and images coming out. I think most people look at this thing and say it's fairly ugly. I kind of think it's cool looking, okay? But, but like the wife says it's ugly. She says it's hideous. That's teasing her. She has a Tesla, one of those ones with the doors that flip up, the, the Model X. So she needs a bigger car for all the kids and the dogs and backpacks. And so I said, well, what about the Cybertruck? She says, it's hideous. Sam, it's grotesquely ugly. I said, okay, fine. But, uh, but you know, hear me out. It looks, looks cool. And uh, I, I just, what I want to comment on is, you know, Elon Musk... What they're doing, it's some of the stuff is revolutionary. Like it's not just that it's an electric car; it's that there are there are uh, innovations under the hood that are absolutely unique as far as car companies go. And I will say, those of you who are perhaps uh, follow a little bit of car history, I can say this: I think not since. Like Citroen came out in the 60s with some unique like uh, suspension technology and stuff like that. It, 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 there's occasional manufacturers come along and do cool stuff. Tesla is an absolute ground, groundbreaking in some of the stuff that it's doing right now. Let me give you an example. They are reinventing the uh, concept of, of wiring harnesses. You know how that's a big thing in a car you've got, I mean, you've got miles and miles of wire going through vehicles because every component in a car right your your speaker or your your window actuator every sensor right every button it needs its own electrical loop wire in you know wire to the switch and to the motor and back and so those loops are going all throughout the car well tesla threw all of that out the window at the cybertruck they're running everything through gigabit ethernet cabling They've got 48 volt power and they sent data, right, to every component, to the CAN bus, to every component on the same cable. So instead of, of running, let's say, one wiring harness to, what did I give an example, power window, right, the, 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 the door window. They're daisy chaining multiple components on the same wire. So what does that do? Well, you, you know, 
it's you're using half the copper, number one. And the total wiring in the Cybertruck is down by 77% is the number. Down by 77%. So do you ever work on cars? If you work on cars, and, and especially if you've got a car, like let's say you got a car from the 80s, even from the 70s, I mean, hell. And, and it's, you know, it's been around for a while. I got some miles on it, got some age. Chasing electric gremlins, guys, is like the, the, the biggest pain in the ass for any mechanic, okay? Now, you can figure out a, an engine. You can figure out a transmission. Chasing the, the wires, chasing that stuff is horrendous. So reducing points of failure is, is huge. Now, I'll give you another example. They're, they've got, this is the first car that is a, um, a, a drive-by-wire. So the, the, you, when you move the wheel, when you turn the steering wheel, the steering wheel is not connected directly in any way to the wheels. All four wheels turn and they have their individual actuator motors. And what you're doing essentially with the steering wheel is you're directing those wheels to turn. And, and by the way, the back wheels also turn. That's not revolutionary. Some cars that have that, including some Porsches. But you, you, you know, the back wheels turn. And, um, but it, it's, you know, the, I've watched some of the reviews and it's, it's fascinating stuff because uh, you're, it, it's, it, you, well, what it allows to do too is, is variable input. So at slower speeds, you, you, you have to turn the wheel a little bit, a little bit more at higher speeds, you turn it less. You've, you've got some, it, it changes based on your speed, your driving dynamic. People are saying that that's nice. So um, I look, um, it's Tesla, Musk isn't just building a, angular, weird-looking, futuristic car that under the hood is same old, same old. That's my point. That's what you need to know here. It's not It's not just, you know, whatever. He didn't just... I don't know who designed this. It, I think it's kind of cool-looking. I, have, I haven't seen one. I haven't... Robbie, you like it too, right? Well, I saw that. By the way... Wow, producer Robert's saying that it's bulletproof, somewhat bulletproof. Somebody shot at it, right? And it and it and it like ricocheted off the thing. Um, yeah, small. Well, that's good for LA. See, if you live in Los Angeles, and um, and you know that's uh, you know what to think of it as sort of an extended Disneyland for criminals. So you you know if you're driving around a cyber truck, uh, your chances of of maybe being able to get away with your life is is a little bit uh, a little bit better. By the way, speaking, Robbie, speaking of of, uh, of Los Angeles and, and and bullets, bullets, this is crazy. Yeah, I'm going to take a break here, but I, I want to share the story with you because there was an L.A. homeowner that actually fought back against armed intruders. This guy break into his house, and he has a firearm, as I understand it, legally owned and and, and, and you don't need a permit to carry a gun in your house. I don't know if he had a, a, a permit, uh, but he certainly had a gun. He fires at the intruders. One of them is injured. The other one drops dead right there. Psst, gun. Done. Over. Lights out. He's off, to, uh, he's off to meet his maker. The police show up. And the scenes from outside this house is unbelievable because it's the homeowner that gets arrested. I want to talk to you about this. Um, 
because it really depends on the jurisdiction on how these cases are handled. Turns out this is not that out of the ordinary for how business is handled in California. It might not be that out of the ordinary here. So I just want all of you out there who are law-abiding gun owners and who care about protecting yourself, protecting your house, protecting your family, you're armed, you have every intention of using it, you do not want to miss this, give you some important advice here. As a lawyer, as a Second Amendment guy, uh, and also as a common sense human being. So, so please, uh, you know, uh, hang here through the break. I'll be, I'll be back in a moment. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KX, you're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234. Call Sam and Ash if you've been in an accident, you've been injured, only law firm to trust in Nevada and beyond because you deserve what's right. Hi, Sam Rajovsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, reporting for duty. The What's Right Show is on, brought to you by Sam and Ash, Injury Law. Speaking of injuries, some are deserved, let's be honest. In LA, last week, a homeowner shot and killed a suspected burglar. Uh, This was a group of men that entered his house. They were wearing dark hoodies, masks. His child and grandmother were left rattled by the brazen attempted burglary. This is how it's being described in the media. The house is in Granada Hills. Granada Hills is in the greater L.A., which is uh, important to note. It's in L.A. County. And the Los Angeles Police Department, I believe they are uh, the patrolling agency there. It's part of Los Angeles. So regardless, you've got the... You've got L.A., you've got the woke D.A. there who is all about catching and releasing real criminals. But then gets a little bit more strict when it comes to law-abiding citizens protecting themselves. All right, so apparently uh, one of the uh, guys was, was killed, right? And so uh, I'm looking at the images from the, uh, from the scene, and, um, and the homeowner is getting carted off in, in handcuffs. He got arrested. I know a lot of people on the internet, on social media, have been commenting about this, saying this is crazy. How could this be? So I wanted to comment on this here a little bit as a, as a lawyer, give some, give some sage advice, if I may. Uh, hopefully nobody, none of us, are ever in a position where uh, you, you have to do something like this. Uh, but uh, but it, it can happen. And it, and by the way, the home invasions robberies here in, in, in Vegas are, are, are happening frequently as well. They do occur. And, you know, you're, you know the reality is, is, is uh, we're really not that, that safe at home. Uh, so, you know, arm yourselves by all means. I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent for good guys with guns. So let's suppose for a minute that you have somebody enter your house and you shoot and kill them in your house. In most cities, by the way, in California, you will be arrested. You will be taken down to the police station. You'll be processed. And the matter will be turned over to the DA to determine if you will, if you're facing any charges. You need to be prepared to spend a night in jail. 
Now, as a matter of course, here in Las Vegas, typically that's not so much the case, is my understanding. From reviewing a handful of incidents that I've followed closely, that's not necessarily true. Some cities in California, like let's say, for example, Newport Beach, where Sam and Ash Injury Law have their southern command. Uh, yes, we have an office there. So Newport Beach, they uh, if, if you shoot and kill a home intruder, uh, they will not cart you off. But in, you know, let's city right next door, let's say Irvine, uh, you will be. Like automatically, they're just going to do it. Go through the motions. So you have to be prepared as a gun owner, as a lawful gun owner. You can be prepared with the fact that, you, you know, if, if you shoot somebody, even here in Las Vegas, you may be arrested. So what do you do? Well, one... I strongly recommend beyond identifying yourself, I, I recommend you do not, do not talk about the incident at all. And you instead say, I want a lawyer. Do not make any statements without an attorney. Don't do it. Your adrenaline is up. Your heart rate is up. Your uh potentially dealing with some PTSD in the moment, do, do not answer questions. It's not a good time to speak. You, so I'm just, as a lawyer, I'm telling you, you hire a lawyer. You get a public defender if you can't afford a criminal attorney. You, you hire a criminal attorney, you, you hire somebody, you call them up. But most important thing, you tell the police you're not giving any statement. And that's a tough thing to do because of course, you know, we're, you know we've just done the right thing got a you know a, a a a dead guy in a ski mask and laying inside your living room you know i mean you you want to say hey this is what happened but you really really do not want to do that now the second thing and i'll say this very important something that happens perhaps as early as today before any of this goes down i strongly recommend uh folks consider and there are a variety of companies i don't um you know, have one particularly in mind, but I, I suggest if you carry a gun, if you've got a concealed carry permit, get insurance. Get insurance that will cover you in the event that you use your weapon. Because it's possible you may get sued. There's some unbelievable cases. And I say this as an injury lawyer that I have, I have gotten calls from people, and this is why you want to hire somebody like me and not, these other clowns, because as people take these cases, I would never. But I've gotten calls from people who are are are, are shot at in, in the commission of a crime, and then want to sue the person that was defending their business, sue the person that was defending their home, defending themselves out in public. And you know, I don't want to touch that. I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. And I I tell them exactly what I think of them. But I've I've had those calls. And those people do end up hiring other, you know, find themselves some unscrupulous PI lawyer, and they will come after you and sue you. If you own your home, if you've got equity in your home, you're a target. And these scumbags will come and try to take your money. So the best thing to do is if you have insurance, you turn it over to your insurance company and say, you guys deal with it. And the insurance company, they have attorneys, they have people that will defend it, and they know exactly what to do. So I would say one of the things that I always recommend is, is you, you think about getting that coverage and get that coverage beforehand, particularly if you have a permit to carry a concealed weapon and, you know, and, and you, you're, 
you know, you, you have the potential of having something like this occur. It's very, very important. Um, the, the other thing I always, I always tell people, you know, it, it's, um, it, you want to be, you don't, don't, don't chase anybody out of your house. Boy, this one kind of a uh, straightforward one, right, Robbie? If you pop the guy in your living room and he's coming at you, that's pretty straightforward self-defense. If you shoot him in the back when he's running off with your Xbox, okay? That's going to be a little bit of a problemo if you catch my drift. <laughs> you can't do that. Don't do it. You're going to be in a moment. Somebody was just in your house. Um yeah, I mean I'm I'm just telling you, don't you don't don't shoot him in the back and don't shoot him outside your house. Bad idea as well. Um I had an old cop friend of mine years ago tell me, this is, by the way, this is not legal advice, okay? None of this is. I'm just a talk show host who happens to be a lawyer. So it's, you know, every situation calls for a little bit of a different thing. But, the, but, but generally so far, I've given you very, very good advice. This part of it is not, okay? So put your pencils down. Uh, an old cop friend tell me, um, yeah, Sam, you know, if you ever... Have you ever, ever shoot somebody? Just make sure you drag them back in the house before we get there, right? <laughs> but that's, don't do that either, okay? Don't do that either. And don't pick up any, the other thing, right? Don't pick, don't mess with the crime scene. Don't pick up any casings. If your wife starts to clean up immediately, tell her to stop, right? That's, you can't mess with the crime scene, right? You, you, you don't want to, end up not getting charged for murder or manslaughter or whatever, but then getting charged for, you know, interfering with, with the crime scene. So don't, don't do any of that. Is that all, is this all making sense? Robbie, have I, Robbie, you know this stuff too very well. What, what, what do you think? Anything, did I forget anything? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's another thing. Duty to retreat, so it depends on the jurisdiction, right? You, you know, this is, by the way, this is out, outside of your home. You have a, a, you know, remember Stand Your Ground? That law, that was, became very controversial in the George Zimmerman case. Remember this? Zimmerman uh, claimed, yeah, he, he, could, he had to stand, uh, stand his ground and, and um, you know, pop that kid with the, with the soda can. A bit of a problem there was acquitted it was it was a you remember the case so um so but i'll tell you i i am i consider as a general rule this is now me talking politically i consider it as a general rule to be a very disappointing story when a home intruder is arrested and not shot and killed by the homeowner i just want to make that very clear i love when home intruders are dropped dead by homeowners. I think if that was the general outcome that these thug punks could expect to happen upon entering another man's or woman's home, that they're going to end up dead on the on the floor, um, I, I think that I think they would rethink some of their life choices. I'm, I'm dead serious. You know, I, there was a story here recently in Vegas, not too far from me, as a matter of fact. And an older couple was, was violently attacked in their home and they were torturing the couple in order to get the safe combination. 
one of the two, they were older. I want to say they were in their 60s, 70s. One of the two uh, passed away. They caught the, they caught the people that did it. But I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, when you read the, the detail of that story and what all went down, nothing would be better than that person, a perpetrator getting shot, preferably somewhere where it took them a few minutes to die. That's what they deserve. So look, I'm, I used to be a Californian. Now I've, I've gone full Nevada, Robbie. I have converted. I'm there all the way. Cowboy justice. It's wild west. You want to you wanna be a dingleberry? You want to be a thug? Come and get it, punk. You know? I, yeah. And by the way, and the DAs are making it, right? The, I'm not saying here necessarily, but in LA, right? They're letting these people out of prison. And by the way, the people that they let out of jail in LA, they're 275 miles away from us. Okay, they can come here and cause problems here too. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Be back in a moment, folks. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. I know, I came out uh, perhaps a little strong in favor of gunning down home intruders. Forgive me uh, if uh, your sensibilities were offended. Producer Robbie dug this one up out of the archive. I'm going back to 2016. This is absolute radio gold. 11-year-old Chris Gaither, 11 years old, in Talladega, Alabama, spotted a home intruder when he was at his house uh, home alone. And so here is an interview of him uh, talking to a reporter at WVTM, Channel 13, which is an NBC affiliate, describing what went down. Mind you, this is a cute 11-year-old kid talking about how he used his Second Amendment rights to stop a violent felony. I was sitting in the living room and I heard a pool bottle shake and my dogs walked up into the hallway and I, they started wagging their tail and I thought that was kind of odd and I seen the guy and I told him I warned him four times to get out and he and then he ran upstairs and he come back down with a 38 in his hand. So that's why I told him I was going to shoot him if he didn't get out the house and they're out stuff right now. How scared were you? Were you scared? I mean, this... Yes, I was scared. Very scared. Do you know this yeah. person? I don't know him personally. I but know we know that he's a meth head. <laughs> they know he's a meth head. So uh, was the guy surprised to see an 11-year-old holding a gun, standing his ground, protecting his castle? I know you wanted to know, so here it is. So was he surprised to see you? I mean, did he? I guess, cause I guess when I pulled the gun out on him, I guess he didn't think it was a real gun, cause he, he didn't worry about it. He just kept on walking. I shot through a hamper that he was carrying, and it went. It was a full metal jacket bullet. I went straight through the bag and hit him in his leg. Wow. And he started crying like a little baby. Any messages out there for anybody to be to, to be learned by anybody? I hope you learned your lesson from coming to this house trying to steal stuff. Isn't that the truth? What's the old expression, Robbie, from the mouth of babes? Right? 
This is exactly my point, folks. If each and every one of us resolved here in Las Vegas to shoot with the intention to kill a home invasion burglar, robber, breaking into our homes, I mean, it would provide a significant disincentive to doing that kind of horse crap. Not to mention, now I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I've uh, saved, uh, provided that the guy is, is DOA, uh, saves for a lot of paperwork. Uh, I mean, it's just <laughs> one last spot in jail. Um, you're not going to reoffend. That's the thing. I, yeah, my tolerance for criminality is at an all time low. And I don't think I'm the only one, Robbie. I don't, I don't think I am. I think that all of us following the news and seeing particularly in these blue cities, how there's this revolving door, you know, and, and we're supposed to care. We're supposed to give a rip about why the person did what they did. You don't understand, Sam. He grew up poor. He grew up without privilege. Sam, you got to have some compassion. You don't know why he did what he did. And I'm like, looking here at these people making these arguments and shrugging my shoulders like I give a rat's rear end what their motives are. They're doing it. Motive doesn't matter. Motive in the law is an aggravating factor, right? Motive in the law in certain cases, for example, murder, right? What's the intention? Was it intended or was it unintended? By the way, most acts are intentional. You know, the, 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 the planning element, the uh, malice aforethought, that's the technical legal phrase, but what it means is how long before you killed somebody, for example, did you intend to kill them? Well, you want to know a little short circuit on this from, from law school? This is like, you know, second year, third year stuff. You, it can be momentary. The courts have ruled it can be a blip. Most stuff's intentional. It doesn't, but the point is, your motives for committing a certain crime, there's nowhere in any criminal code that says, oh, you robbed a bank because you didn't, because you were poor. Oh, why didn't, sir, why didn't you say so? Well, this is okay. Well, now that now that we know that, then we're not gonna. You're you're, you're only gonna do six months instead of ten years. No, it doesn't work that way. It's nowhere to be found. And now, philosophically, we're getting to a, a very important point that I, I I make from time to time as I talk about this. That these DAs, these woke DAs, have taken it upon themselves to rewrite law. One person elected to one office they decide to go in there and they do what they decide to ignore what the legislature has put in of the state to ignore uh what however many lawmakers there are uh that have decided this is the law they ignore it they just and decide by virtue of who they choose to prosecute and who they choose not to prosecute, what laws they enforce, and and essentially change the the meaning of law. And that's why, that's that's right. And this is, by the way, this is the perverse intent of of the Soros campaign. 
you know, he's not a dumb guy. Soros is a smart uh, dude, and he he understood what well, he could go in and try to buy off two hundred twenty uh, uh, elected officials in a given state uh, to you know to to get his agenda across in the legislature. But then he's also got to get the governor because you know the governor has a veto, so it, it could get a little messy. Or you just go in after one person. You go after one DA. And that person will say, well, no, we're going to read in need. We're going to read in all this. So I, you know, I, I don't know. There was a case here a few months ago. There was a smoke shop not too far away from where I'm at right now. And the guy, the, the, the guy working behind the counter, I, I don't know if it was an owner, might have been an owner. Regardless, guy working behind the counter, he has a couple of punk kids come in with, with knives or whatever. And, and the guy pulls out a knife. And just, and the guy jumps over, the, the perps jump over the counter. It's all on video. And the guy just stabs the guy. Just, um, the, the owner, the store clerk, stabs the guy, I think to death, if I recall. Now I'm watching that video and I'm loving it. Because again, the criminality is out of control. Criminals need to fear us, not the other way around. And I tell you, if it, if it gets any worse, this is, I mean, a core fundamental principle of my political positions is I just simply prioritize the law-abiding citizen over the lawbreaker, right? I put you, the law-abiding, the law-following, the um, peace-loving, going about your business, making money, paying taxes, I prioritize you over the guy that is out there causing mayhem. It's very simple. And the difference between me and a lot of other folks out there with political ideas and opinions is that they prioritize the lawbreaker at your expense. It is unacceptable. It needs to end. And I'm telling you, I, I, I am this to me, and I, I'll tell you, I think that there are, I know people that are in the squishy middle and even center left that agree with me profoundly. So, what's that? Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Oh, you're, that's a great point. So, producer Robbie's saying that more people have asked me about gun buying advice since 2020 when all the violent, well, though they were protests, right? They weren't violent riots. The summer of George, they... People are terrified. And by the way, you were telling me there were a lot of Democrats were asking you for advice, right? Because they didn't know who, they didn't have anybody else to ask about gun. I can't ask a fellow lib what gun to buy. That gets complicated. You might end up with a pink pistol. So that's it. They went to producer Robbie, who uh, I think properly advised them on what to get. Perfect. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Fetterman, you, what, how is Fetterman, John Fetterman, the brain-dead senator from Pennsylvania, how is he becoming the coolest member of the Senate? Explain this to me. This is blowing my mind. This guy is, is turning out, this is, this is, this is a surprise, a surprise. I'll explain to you what I mean when we come back. No, no, no. I, I know he's a clown, but he's, but he's just doing a few things here that, well, that's uh, taken my breath away. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show, back after this, brought to you by Sam and Ash 
injury law because you deserve what's right. Yeah, John Fetterman is making sense, uh, which I don't know if this is like Freaky Friday or something, which it's not. It's Tuesday, but I, I, it's it's weird stuff. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. So Fetterman uh, made a point uh, the other day on The View, which is essentially the same point I was making yesterday on the program about uh, Senator Menendez. Joy Behar asks Fetterman, now you know who Fetterman is, right? He's the guy that looks, wow, he looks like he's straight from the Adams family, got the shaved head, he had the stroke, media all claimed he was fine. Then, of course, after the election, he was not so fine. They started coming out with all these stories that his health was perhaps not ideal, not the best. And I think there was a a campaign, and I mentioned it at the time that it was happening, a campaign to uh, to remove him, right? He'd served his purpose. He, he secured the seat. Now the governor, Democratic governor of, 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 uh, of Pennsylvania could step in and, and appoint somebody there that, you know, would be a more reliable, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Democrat. And I think Fetterman sensed that that was happening and is going a little bit rogue against his party. Case in point, uh, Joy Bayer asks him on The View his thoughts about George Santos getting expelled from the House. And he flips it to talk about Menendez. Have a listen. I think the, the more important picture is, is that we have a colleague in, in the Senate that actually did much more sinister and, and serious kinds of things. Uh, Senator Menendez, uh, he needs to go. Um, and if you are going to expel Santos, how can you allow to somebody like Menendez to remain in the Senate? And, you know, Santos's kind of lies were almost, you know, funny. And like, you know, he you know, landed on the moon and a guy kind of stuff. Uh, whereas, whereas, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, Menendez, I think is really a senator for Egypt, you know, not New Jersey. Uh, and it's like he has the right uh, to, for his, his day in court, but he doesn't have the right to, to have those kind of votes. That's not, that's not a right. And, and I think uh, we need to make that kind of decision to uh, send him out. Yeah, so, wow. Now, my point yesterday on this, just so we're clear, so I think it's a dangerous precedent to boot people from uh, an elected position to kick them out of either the House or the Senate uh, on allegations alone, right? You, you, we can see here that the FBI, even in the case of Bob Menendez, the senator from New Jersey who was caught with, with cash, you know, overflowing out of his closets, gold bars, which, by the way, today there's some news that one of the gold bars was traced to a robbery. So the plot thickens on all of this. But that's not my point. My point is you can make whatever allegations you want. We've seen the FBI certainly pursue cases that are completely bogus, right? The feds do that. So an indictment in and of itself, to me, is not dispositive of somebody's guilt, it doesn't work that way. It's not how due process operates. You have an accusation and you have a trial. And both Bob Menendez and Santos, given they're both facing criminal charges, will have their day in court. That's the proper precedent. Now, uh, so, so, but by the way, that didn't stop here. Fetterman, <laughs> you know what he did today? 
<laughs> I can't even. So Santos, by the way, Santos is out of a job, right? Uh, George Santos out of a job. And if you, if, if, you know, part of the allegations against Santos, let's just back up here a little bit. Uh, they're all spending money related accusations for the most part, the ones that are serious. The fact that he lied about his resume and that he worked for this company but didn't, that all that stuff is, I don't want to say harmless, but all that stuff is not necessarily relevant. Uh, to, it's not criminal, uh, put it that way. But here's where it gets good. So Santos also was a bit of a clothes horse. You can always see he's dressed in a very dandy way. He's charging all these um, things, lifestyle things to his campaign. And that's a major problem, right? Those are real felonies. Now I, okay, I bring this up because he now has to make money, right? He now needs to make cash. So what is he doing? Well, he's, things are called cameos. It's a company that you can go on this app, right? You can go on this website and you can, there's a bunch of celebrities on there, including George Santos, who will, you know, record a birthday greeting, uh, you know, or a happy anniversary or something. We'll record a thing for, for a relatively low amount of money, like 200 bucks. I think he's charging 250. So Fetterman paid George Santos on there to, to <laughs> I can't, to do a cameo for Bob Menendez. Fetterman, <laughs> Fetterman literally sicked George Santos on Bob Menendez to wish him a happy birthday today. Listen to this. Hey, Bobby, uh, look. <laughs> I don't think I need to tell you, but these people that want to make you get in trouble and want to kick you out and make you run away, you make them put up or shut up. You stand your ground, sir, and don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Stay strong. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I love this. By the way, I have some... Um, I have some substantive uh, compliments for Fetterman as well. He has been absolutely dogged in his support of Israel and of the victims in the October 7th attack, putting up their pictures all over in front of his office, I, no doubt to the ire of the squad and other you know, Jew-hating members of, of Congress on the Democratic side. Um, well, it's not even Jew, it's that they absolutely love Hamas. They love the terrorists. Yes, they do. But Robbie, has, has any one of the squad, have they condemned Hamas yet? Have they gone on the record to condemn the attacks, to condemn Hamas? They can't even say the word rape. They can't call it for anything that is. So what, what I'm getting at is, is Fetterman's, you know, certainly on that point is doing all the right stuff. He's still a lib. I get it. I get, I'm not, I'm not enamored by him. I'm just pointing out that, that he's, he, he's doing some funny stuff and, and he's, he's making the right point on Menendez and, and frankly, he's making the right point on Santos as well. So, so that's, you know, that, that needs to be noted. All right. I, speaking of, speaking of, you know, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you know, Fetterman's home state. The Philadelphia, they're calling for an intifada revolution. These, these people are filing out on the streets, these Hamas 
supporters are filing out on the streets and are calling for an armed uprising against the state. You know, I, I, just a quick question here, folks. What, what, you know, wasn't this what the Proud Boys got convicted of? Aren't these the felonies that came down? And, what, what, you know, when, when a couple of goofballs in, in, in uh, Michigan supposedly were looking to kidnap the government, total hogwash, right, assisted by the FBI, you think the FBI would come in and actually charge these people with the same crimes, even though they are literally calling for the overthrow of our government? That's a question to ask, right? The answer, of course, is no, because to criticize any of this is what? Well, it's Islamophobia. We can't have that, can we? Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. This hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only law firm to trust in Nevada and beyond for your injury case. 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Folks, folks, the poo-poo choo-choo, the train to nowhere, it's happening. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. What am I talking about? All right. The Brightline Express train has just received $3 billion in funding from the federal government. It's happening. They're funding this thing. And um, this is likely the reason, by the way, why Joe Biden uh, is dragging his carcass uh, here to uh, to Las uh, to Las Vegas on Friday? He's probably going to announce this. Now, I've called this the poo poo choo choo because I, I I don't think that this makes any sense. Uh, and I'll we have to revisit this again. It's it's the first phase of this will build a train to Victorville. All right, folks, let me just lay this on you for a second here. I'm, you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody that travels more frequently between California and Nevada than I do. All right, I've got an office in Orange County, California. I've got clients in California. By the way, I represent injury victims, Sam and Ash Injury Law, people that get hurt in California but live here. People who live here, you know, and, and you know, and people who live in California get injured here, right? So back and forth, I've got two offices, and I personally I don't mind the drive. I I don't I don't hate it. So I'll drive sometimes. I'll fly. Victorville is for most destinations that you want to get to in California, Orange County, L.A. Okay. Victorville is two-thirds of the way to where you need to go from Vegas. Two-thirds. So if it's a, call it roughly 270 miles, it's 90 miles from Victorville to get to, you know, to Anaheim, to get to Newport Beach, to get to LA, plus minus a few miles. So you're going to take the train. You're going you're to spend $3 billion of the Chinese borrowed money to build a train that's going to take us two-thirds of the way to where we need to go. How does that make any sense? 
And by the way, this, this company has a track record of building successful rail service. Uh, they've just completed a line uh, in, in Florida. It goes from Orlando all the way down to Miami and has some stops along the way. I think it stops in Boca and Palm, West Palm and, um, and Miami. So it's got, you know, and that, that sort of, you know, makes sense because it takes you to the Orlando airport and then drops you off in, in Miami at the, at the, you know, what's the train station there in downtown. So the train station in Miami is closer generally to everywhere you need to be than even the airport, than Miami-Dade. And, and the, you know, the train is, I, don't, the, I forget what it is, three, and a, three hours or whatever, three and a half hours. Uh, by the time you get to the airport, hour early, wait for the flight, get on the flight, check your bags and everything, and then go from the airport, it could be about even taking the train or flying. There's no way that this train is going to be about even because if you've got TSA pre-check and you get to the airport like I do, you know, Southwest and can, can jump on a plane and, you know, I honestly, folks, I'll get, to the, I'll get to the airport 40 minutes before my flight's taken off. That's about pretty typical for me. I can get through, I can get through everything. I can get to my gate in about eight minutes. And so... You know, I, when I'm going to take the train and go, go, what is it going to go two hours, two and a half hours and then end up in Victor, Victorville? And then what? Now, eventually, they'll extend the line down to Rancho Cucamonga. OK, so Rancho Cucamonga, that's that's another what, 50 miles from everywhere. I mean, it, this this whole thing is not going to it's not going to end well, folks. It's not going to be a great success. So at any rate, be aware uh, the funding's been secured. You know, our, our elected officials in D.C. are crowing about this being some huge win, and I'm, I'm not entirely convinced. Uh, there are examples of trains working, uh, and it's easier, I would say, this too. In Florida, right, they, they, they bring up the Florida example. That's why I'm mentioning it. The Florida example makes sense. They're heralding the Florida deal as, as an example. Florida is flat as can be. You know how easy it is to build a, a train track on an on a, on a, in a place that is flat. It's literally flat. Do you, do you know that we're at two thousand feet? It, elevation goes up and down between here and Southern California. It go, It's not easy. It's not going to be easy to build this. So I I I just you know. State-of-the-art high-speed train travel in America is every lib's, you know, uh, dream here. I think Secretary Booty Judge, uh, the Transportation Secretary, should focus on keeping the trains that are out there currently from running off the tracks. Maybe not add to it with with uh, with building new new rail service, but it's a done deal. I I nobody cares what I say, so there it is, done. It's happening. Um, and I don't know. I don't expect it to be particularly successful. Um, now, I, I mentioned just before the break, Fetterman torching, absolutely torching uh, Menendez, making fun of him. And I mentioned also that he's been relatively supportive of Israel, uh, particularly the victims of October 7th, the attack by Hamas. You know, Hillary out there was also saying something, uh, you know, fairly, if, if, well, Supportive, right? You, I, I you got to. I, I have to mention this, and I'll tell you why someone like Hillary can get away with this. 
you're not going to hear this kind of stuff coming from from Biden necessarily. But Hillary, uh, Hillary did. Hillary's, well, let me play the clip. So she was at an assembly uh, hosted by uh, Israel at the UN headquarters in New York. Now, she doesn't mention Jayapal, Congresswoman Jayapal, any of the squad members, but the timing of her remarks is pretty obvious. Okay, she's, she is speaking uh, to the Hamas uh, supporting crazies uh, in her party. So she's getting at the at the rapes, right? The, the, Jayapal wouldn't condemn the rape. Well, rape is bad, but rape is a, it's a, it's a, it's used in war. It's terrible. We're like, well, okay, we're not talking about it. It needs to be balanced, right? So now Hillary's responding to this. This is after Jayapal, and we shared it here on the program, said her bit about this. Listen. Many women and girls were attacked brutally by Hamas on October 7th, and they have testified to the gender-based violence that they both experienced and witnessed. As a global community, we must respond to weaponized sexual violence wherever it happens with absolute condemnation. There can be no justifications and no excuses. Yeah, um, you know, I, Hillary's never running for elected office again. I, she's not. She's done. Her career is over. She's, you know, she's a supporting actor here on out. That's best case scenario. Uh, so she is saying this. This is, I mean, this is an obvious statement. But I, I, I mean, I'm telling you, the person out there on the limb, you can see Biden's trying to have it both ways. He's trying to make some inroads with the Hamasophiles. There are, there is an enormous pool of Hamas supporting folks inside the Democratic Party. Hillary doesn't have anything to lose. She can just lay it out there and say it how it is. Uh, but Biden, who's coming into an election here t- 11 months out, uh, I, I think it's a little bit riskier for him and he's realizing it. And I, I'm... I'm, I'm telling you, I'm making a prediction. One of the th- pieces of news today, by the way, is that, you know, I, I heard it here at the top of the hour, uh, CBS Communist News here on KXNT telling us um, that, that Israel is stepping up its attacks. Well, one of the very specific things that Israel is doing is they're starting to pump seawater into the tunnels. So they have, have built, have, have moved to the coast basically inside Gaza territory, moved pumps into the ocean and are transporting through these giant rubber and improvised um, big pipes, right? They're large, are, are, are you know, across miles of land are, are bringing in seawater to flush the terrorists out of their rat holes. And one, literally, producer Robbie noting, and you, one of the things that we're not, you know, this, the, the reason it hasn't happened sooner, my understanding is that Team Biden has been dissuading them of doing this. And it's, you know, I, Biden needs to stay the hell away from this, right? Let them handle this. Let Israel do what it's going to do. We've got to get rid of these, 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 um, these despicable creatures. But you know, but but again, I, I, I see, you know, you'll, you're going to trust me on this. As we get closer to the election, there will be further equivocation 
by Team Biden. Because, and it's the same thing, folks, with the LGBTQIA plus radicals, the trans activists. The, the Democratic Party has, has made a bed with all of these fanatical people. And now they've got to sleep in it. And it's, it's, it's going to get messy going into this election. It's going to get messy. Trust me on this. All right, folks, got to take a quick break. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Oh, my gosh, Robbie, did you see this? Liz Cheney now is throwing her hat in potentially to uh, run as a third-party candidate. Anything possible she's willing to do to stop Trump from becoming president. Sam Urjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to The What's Right Show. Uh, I kind of think that if if uh, she were to run as a third-party candidate, a fairly certain Trump would be guaranteed um, – of a victory. Now I don't know. She would take some Republican votes, uh, no doubt. Um, it's starting to get a little complicated. All the math, right? You've got RFK Jr. He's clearly uh, out there as a third-party candidate. Who else do we got sort of in the running? Uh, setting aside right now, uh, Cheney, right? She says she's going to be, and that's probably not going to happen. But the other other person I think of Robbie is Mansion. Mansions out there, uh, now the senator from West Virginia who is, uh, 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 has decided not to run for re-election. That seat, by the way, likely to go Republican in the Senate in 24 to Jim Justice, who is a popular sitting governor. So what do we have? Who, who are the other players? Anybody else? It's been, it's, there, oh, wait, we have, who's, is it Cornell West? That's right, Cornell West. Now, Cornell West, what, what's the overlap politically in terms of following? Cornell West, I'm going to throw out another name for you. This guy's not running, at least I don't think so. Bernie Sanders. Is Cornell, is it fair to call Cornell West a racially charged Bernie Sanders? Yeah. Okay. But that's the left flank. Uh, that takes votes from Biden if Cornell West actually runs. No? So... Yeah, so, and, and she, look, it gets, folks, what pe- people don't realize, it gets a little complicated. You can't just say you're going to run as a third-party candidate. You got to get on the balance. There, and the, the, the vehicle by which to get on the balance, you've got to go with an existing party. Or you have to, you have to go through an enormous amount of work to, to, to qualify for the ballot in each and every state. And every state has their own rules. It's really a, it's a wild thing. So you can, well, what are you, uh, I'll give you an example. Remember Kanye and Kanye's uh, quixotic uh, efforts to run as a third party candidate? How many states did Kanye, Robbie, how many states did Kanye uh, actually get on the ballot? In? Well, I, I know it wasn't all 50. It was actually, it was less than half. Um, uh, and that's a guy with a fair amount of means who could throw some money at making the problem, you know, solving the problem. Not a disciplined guy, but but he could have done it, and it proved difficult. So all these people out there that are saying, I'm going to run third party, I'm going to run third party, it's, it's a problem unless you get 
the nomination from a party that already has secured ballot access in all 50 states. So, less, it was probably, yeah, it was less than half for Kanye. Well, that's, that's right. Libertarians, I know that because libertarians, right? I mean, so February, February, okay. So the libertarians, February, they get their, they, they decide who their, who their person, their nominee is. Um, and, but their libertarians are not going to pick Liz Cheney. Okay. I can tell you that right now. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, and they're probably, they're probably not going to pick Cornell West either. I so that's what I just folks I want you to always have a dose of reality about this stuff because you're going to hear uh, everyone and their dog right now wants to get in on this fight they think it's open season they think you know and this is because by the way Biden is fundamentally weakened going into this and there's a sense that there's going to be some sort of opening and remember I mentioned too in, in this you know Mark Cuban, who's denying he's going to run, he's saying, I am not running. Mark Cuban's like, I'm not running. And I'm, I mean, he, he might not actually run. I get that, right? He, he may actually be dead set against doing it, but a denial doesn't, I mean, this, the whole point of, yeah, there's plenty of people that have denied ever running, and I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, and then ta-da, there they come. And there are some very specific reasons for why you'd want to deny until you're absolutely ready to make an announcement. And some of them are, in fact, are legal, right? You you don't want to run too soon before you formed all your, your committees and protected assets and move some things around and put them in place. Because once you declare your candidacy, uh, you are bound by certain reporting rules and disclosure requirements, all that. So th- these are things to consider. And, you know, I could decide tomorrow I'm going to run for president as an independent. And I, you know, I'd be lucky if I get on, on eight ballots, right? Ten ballots, ten states. So there it is. I'm, uh, yeah, by the way, so I mentioned the Intifada, the revolution on U.S. soil. This is, this, these, this is now getting to be a nightly occurrence. Here are some chants from Philadelphia yesterday. Okay, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. Listen to this. They got a nice rhythm. You've got to give them that. Um, They're calling for a revolution. Again, let's just suppose that 500, 1,000 proud boys were to get together in Philadelphia and yell for revolution. Do you know how fast the FBI would put a kibosh on that? Those people would be all locked up inside of three hours, and the DOJ would be planning sedition charges against them. But no, because it's a bunch of, you know, Islamic radicals, can't have Islamophobia. And by the way, it's very awkward to begin arresting people who are part of your power base when you're, you know, the Democrats in charge. Hey, you don't do it. Now, downtown Philadelphia on Sunday, uh, Hamas protesters targeted a Jewish-owned falafel restaurant 
by the way, nothing more American than that Jewish on falafel restaurant. Okay, so you, they're downtown Philly, and they're calling the uh, the owner there Goldie Goldie, right? Um, and uh, and this is what it sounded like. It's absolutely horrifying stuff. Say, Goldie, Goldie, you can Is it the same lady? Sounds like they've got the same lady there leading this. I mean, I wonder if she's got this on her LinkedIn. Uh, you know, graphic designer uh, slash, you know, Hamas, Hamas. Yeah, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic Hamas supporting uh, chant leader. Exactly. <laughs> this, this, again, Folks, I'm just pointing out what I think is the obvious. If a bunch of if a bunch of guys wearing uh, "Make America Great Again" red hats surrounded a mosque and began yelling, "Hey, Muslims, get out!" You know, and and you know, genocide. We're going to get you. Uh, I'm pretty certain that the FBI would respond to this. So pay close attention to this. All of what is going on right now matters. And I promise you this is going to be on the ballot. This is going to be on the ballot in 2024. It's going to be a deciding force. And every single person affected by this, I don't think is going to be too keen on voting Democrat uh, in November. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Folks, be back here tomorrow. Take care of yourselves out there. Be safe. I'll see you soon.